Hello there, and welcome to episode four of Lockdown Confessionals with me, Steve Baker. And on today's show, um, my guest today will be talking about her lockdown and what she's been through. Um, But before I begin, I would like to put out an advisory warning that uh, today's episode, we will be talking about mental health that some listeners may find upsetting. So I just thought I'd put this warning out now. So uh, my guest today is a very good friend of mine who I've known for quite a while. And uh, Chelsea, hello Chelsea, how are you? Hi, yeah, not too bad, thank you. So how has lockdown been treating you? Um, I guess at first... Uh, in a way, it was quite exciting uh, to have a bit of time off work, um, I suppose. Um, but then as the week started to sort of progress on, it was the not going out that was just possible. Um, and then it got to that point where it was probably the worst it could have been. Um, it's a lot better now. Um, the possibility that we're going back to work soon, which is quite nice. But um, it's, it's sort of been a roller coaster, really, for the whole lot. <laughs> Okay. Um, I want to cast your mind back to to March. I mean, it kind of seems like a long time ago now. But um, I want to cast your mind back to March, where, uh, again, as I said to others, uh, Boris Johnson said to stop the virus from spreading, we have to imply a nationwide lockdown. So what was your thoughts um, at the time when this was announced? Um, I'll be completely honest. Um, I was literally that week uh, supposed to be on holiday from work. Um, so I was supposed to sort of be going out, but obviously that was announced literally like the day before, um, I was on holiday. So it was a bit, a bit rubbish, um, to be completely honest, but honestly, I thought it should have been done a little bit earlier, um, because of everything that had happened, um previously we'd been getting the news about it and we sort of we didn't worry as much as I think we should have done um but I think it was a almost a relief when it came out that we would sort of all be protecting ourselves by staying at home um obviously we're all still worried about pay and things like that so that was a worry at the beginning um I think at the start it was sort of a relief really yeah definitely okay um so as as you're saying um about you know when we were hearing small glimpses of obviously the current coronavirus heading into England, heading into Somerset, you, you see people like obviously panic buying and, and, and stuff like that. So uh, what was your take? Have you witnessed any any people like panic buying yourself, like when you go to like your local shop, supermarket kind of thing? Uh, definitely at the beginning. Uh, then as soon as we had sort of the words about this, everybody, um, as I'm sure other people, just buying loads of random stuff that didn't really seem to have anything to do with it, which felt a bit silly. Like I'll go to the local Asda mm-hmm. and there'll be no toilet roll. And I'm just wondering why on earth there's no toilet roll. They haven't said anything that it's going to affect us in that way. Um, but yeah, when I went in the first couple of weeks, it was like there was nothing there. There were people fighting over stuff. And I think that added to stress because we just wanted to get simple things and we couldn't. So it was a bit of bit bit rubbish, really. Um, did you witness yourself like uh, people selling 
like essential items on the social media for for stupid ridiculous prices like uh paper wipes nappies toilet roll <laughs> hand sanitizers that kind of thing uh yeah um there was quite a few um especially on sort of around facebook right at the beginning um there was sort of like face masks or something like one like the disposable ones that you get mm-hmm. um like two of those for about 100 quid <laughs> Jesus. oh my goodness i know it's, it's ridiculous like if you've got sort of i know a bunch of them and then i wouldn't mind you know 20 or so pounds just to make sure myself and others were protected but for that kind of price it was, it was quite shocking the, like the hand sanitizers you're buying for 50 pounds just the little ones i wish i'd sort of started to get them when i was at school like hoard them or something <laughs> so there was nothing there it was ridiculous <laughs> <laughs> so um you um you are currently working for spectators is that correct as yes a, as an yep, i am yeah so um how, how was the how was that apprenticeship going how has that affected you uh whilst being in lockdown um it was i think it was a range of emotions really with that one because obviously i was so hyped to get it um i got the job in november of last year um and full-time job really excited I get all the training obviously on the job of the apprenticeship really really excited and then it got to March and I was starting to worry a little bit because I'm an apprentice I don't know as much as the other people working there so it was a bit worrying for me um and sort of the thought of not knowing what's going on because they weren't sure what sort of was going on either because obviously this thing's never happened before um so that was quite a worry but the apprenticeship itself I absolutely love and hopefully I'm getting back to, uh, to it soon because it was paused for us being off um but hopefully that'll start again but it's brilliant it's been such an eye-opener as well mm-hmm. um so as your uh an apprentice for your current job were you on the same uh furlough scheme as your uh, colleagues uh yeah all exactly the same i think it's just easier to sort of do it that way and obviously i'd never experienced it before and i'm you know i'm coping getting by and things like that obviously it'd be nice to go back to get the full wages but yeah exactly the same um as everyone else uh, we've all been treated uh, the same so that's quite nice uh, really but obviously none of us ever anticipated anything like this so it's a bit of a shake to all of us unfortunately and um now, obviously, with lockdown slowly easing, have mm. you heard any recent updates yet regarding uh, of you and other colleagues slowly heading back to work? Um, yeah, we've got um, there's a few sort of um, higher up, sort of the people that kind of know a bit about everything um, that have gone back. We've been open. Luckily, we were open through the whole of lockdown. Um, just for like emergency, you know, for the NHS or the key workers, we were open for that. Um, so luckily, we've been open the whole time, um, but we're actually physically open for routine checkups and things like that now. Um, and there are a few that have gone back, um, sort of, like I said, the people that sort of know everything about everything. Um, so I think gradually we're going back in slowly. I think I'll be one of the last ones to go in, I think, because I don't know quite as much as everyone else. But uh, it's it's looking good, which is nice. It's definitely a relief to know that I'm going back. <laughs> definitely, that, that, that's good because obviously uh, there's <laughs> yeah, there's been some unfortunate people who were on zero hour contracts and they yeah. obviously had to be let go. Yeah. So you know they're 
obviously starting from the bottom now to, to find jobs and unfortunately for them um so during lockdown what have you been doing to keep yourself busy like have you been like learning any new skills instruments um um, i also see that you've been doing a lot of uh like gaming because you have your own gaming channel on youtube correct uh yes i do yeah yeah definitely that's that's quite yeah i um I've it's mostly at the beginning it was coursework quite a lot um to get all that done so I didn't sort of have to worry about it obviously then our course was paused um so I just got the bits and pieces done that I needed to um I have been doing a lot of gaming because it is that's just sort of like a release um to do it um especially playing with friends chatting to them because obviously we can't see anybody so it's nice to be able to talk to them that way um, the YouTube channel has actually been doing quite well, which is lovely. Um, I think obviously because people are bored, they sort of want to watch, a, you know, someone play some games, and it's it's lovely. Um, but doing some artwork as well, like I do special effects, as you know yourself. Um, mm-hmm. But for people, I do like sort of special effects. So I've been I've been getting on with that and using the family to do it as well because no one gets away with it when I'm doing my artwork, unfortunately. Um, but no that's what I've sort of been doing to try and take my mind off things with my like journal diary type of thing as sort of been having recently with everything that's happened um recently with me um but yeah it's mostly been gaming I've been catching up on tv series as well loving EastEnders even though that's, that's not back till September now um you know all the fun things <laughs> definitely <laughs> So, so you had, so you had uh, roughly uh, a, a a bit to do to obviously keep yourself busy during these uh, yes. crazy times. So, which is good. Um, so now, if you don't mind, I would like to slowly talk about mental health, if that's okay. Yeah. Yeah, and again, before I begin, there is a um, advisory warning that um, if you are listening some of these things that we will be talking about will be upsetting so i just thought i should let you all now know so uh, obviously during lockdown uh for me personally it was it was an ass kicker i've had up days i've had down days and obviously i've just turned another decade yeah, uh, thirty years old. I don't feel it, but <laughs> um, but not being around a family and friends to to celebrate it did get me down. And obviously, as I mentioned mm. in my uh first first podcast, you know, I thought I, I can't do this anymore. Yeah, you know, I, mm. I, I can't. You know, it, it's really really hard. You know, not being able to go to work, not being able to see family, not being able to do the the simple things. I mean, even mm. going out, going shopping for essentials for me yeah. personally was a struggle. So my question to you mm. is: obviously, dur- during these uh, times, especially the first or six weeks to a month, roughly, what was uh, what was it like for you? Um, I suppose the first to be honest I think the first month was probably the easiest because it sort of in a way felt like a holiday um I was still in my routine like sleeping pattern things like that because I used to go to bed quite early because I had to be up 
quite early for work in the morning. So I was still sticking to that whilst I was on lockdown. So that was quite nice. I was sort of in the routine still. Um, and having like it was nice meals in the evening with the family because obviously I couldn't really do that because we're all working at different times. Um, so it was lovely the first month really because it just sort of felt like a holiday. The only difference was obviously you couldn't really go out. You just went for your weekly shop. Um, which wasn't very nice, but we went in the garden quite a lot because luckily we had sun for almost the three months that we we were in lockdown um, for the first three months at least. Anyway, it's gone a bit rubbish now. Um, but yeah, the first month was actually not too bad, to be honest. I had a couple of, you know, off days, but I think everyone does when you're stuck inside. Um, but no, it was all right, really. First month, yeah, definitely. So um, obviously you mentioned that it was yeah the weather was quite nice to be able to go out and enjoy the weather I mean I live in a flat so it was great fun just obviously (laughs) looking at blue sky and you know kind of feared for for going outside just in case you get stopped and you'd be like you know look what are you doing out do you have permission to go it's it's like basically being stopped by by your parents and asking you know (laughs) are you going out where are you going? Yeah. That, that kind of thing. Um, yeah, I know what you mean. So, obviously, as we head now into, like, from, from the first six weeks to a month to, like, month and a half, month two. So, mm-hmm. this is around uh, between May, June, when slowly things started getting a little better. But again, you know, you couldn't really go around people's houses. You couldn't really... You know, you can only meet up with like one person, that 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 kind of thing. Again, um, what was it like for you? Like, how did you cope? Um, I think the first month and a half, like I said, it was alright. Once it started to get towards sort of the second month, um, end of May, beginning of June, um, that's when. I felt like I started to struggle because I got all the worries sort of would I be able to go back to work um, would they just get rid of me because you know I'm an apprentice so that's sort of you know extra stress on them when they don't really need it like everything sort of went through my mind and then the bad thoughts just sort of hit because um, the worst part for me was um, the second anniversary of my mum's death on the 6th of June and I mm-hmm. think at that point it just, it's sort of like a cloud just went straight over my head um, and I wasn't allowed to go out. Like, I went out for that, like, an hour or so to go put flowers down for her. Um, but I think at that point, um, it started to really sort of, I started to re- really feel the pressure. But I didn't want to tell anyone because, you know, I thought, oh, it's a bad day, you know, it'll get better, it's fine. And I've sort of had that mentality. I'd sort of deal with it myself and forget, like, I used to speak to my mum quite a lot. But even then, I just thought, you know what? I'm just going to get on with it. I'm just going to get on with my own thing. I'm not going to worry about it. Um, but, yeah, it just it started to get quite bad, sort of beginning of June, definitely around the anniversary, especially as I couldn't see family either because um, they all live quite far away. So it was, it was particularly hard at the beginning of June, sort of. June was the worst month, definitely. I thought it would be, but I didn't sort of anticipate exactly what would happen, unfortunately. Um, so if you don't mind me asking, um, mm-hmm. what did happen, like in, like, in your own words? <clears throat> yeah, no, that's fine. Um, so I had, like I said, 
I was writing sort of in a diary um, how I was feeling. And it wasn't, um, at first it was sort of, you know, it's just sort of routine bit like, I don't feel great. I feel like I'm, I don't know, you know, doing things wrong. I'm letting people down doing so-and-so. Um, and then it got a little bit darker. It was that I didn't really want to be here. Um, that if I was with my mum, I would feel better because she was like my best friend. Um, it really, like, it got really, really dark. Um, and in June, I hate to admit it, but I started to take tablets. It wasn't sort of, it wasn't like hard drugs or anything like that. It was literally like paracetamols and things like that. Um, but I was literally going out once a week, like stocking up. I'd go to loads of different shops, stock up on them, um, put them in the car. Um, so people couldn't see it. I'd like put it in a bag and like hide it in the back. If someone jumped in the car, if we'd go food shopping, um, and leave it. And then when I knew that everybody was sort of um, away doing their own thing in the house, um, then I started to sort of take the tablets gradually. Um, at first, I started with twelve, and I was like, "Oh my goodness, I've you know I'm, I'm gonna die." I was really panicked. It really, really scared me. But then after that point, it, it sort of got to a point where I was taking it and not really thinking about it. Like, I'd take it, I would think, oh, I'm going to feel unwell soon, but I never did. So I just kept doing it because, you know, you don't feel the repercussions of something, you just keep doing it, especially when you're in that mind, um, unfortunately. So I kept taking the tablets. And then it literally got to that one day, it was a Tuesday evening or Tuesday at first. Um, and I, I don't even know how many I had. I literally just took them all within about 20 minutes. Um, I was just eating my sandwich, not really thinking about it, because I was like, I've never worked before. Um, and then I realised I messed up because I started to feel unwell in the evening. Um, I was getting quite dizzy. I felt like I was going to be sick. There was a horrible... Excuse me for saying this to all the listeners. Um, it was like really bad acid reflux as well. And if you've had that, you know exactly what that that actually feels like it's horrible um and then I thought I've messed up here I don't want to actually for anything to actually happen to me um so I phoned 111 straight away um because I couldn't even walk in a straight line it was almost like I was drunk it was horrible um and they took some details and then within about 30 minutes I'd say I was in the hospital having tests I had I'm not sure what it was but I had needles in my arm I had blood taken um and I was in there for a few hours luckily to everyone's relief and my own I hadn't taken enough for it to be fatal but I was incredibly unwell for the next few days I had OD'd um but not to a point where it was sort of going around my blood and I was going to be you know I had to stay there for more than the evening which was thankfully really good but the last week uh the week after sorry it was I just felt ill all the time but I wanted unfortunately to be sick but I couldn't I wasn't sick at all I just felt the feeling of it it's like if you need a wee and you can't go sort of thing it was awful Mm -hmm. um but after that it sort of woke me up to the fact that if I'd taken more it could have been so much more serious than it actually was. 
um and my family were there straight away like sort of on the phone and speaking to me like oh my goodness I didn't yeah I didn't know you felt this low but that's the thing with the depression and anxiety people just don't realize especially if you don't want to tell them unfortunately Mm -hmm. you deal with it on your own um but since then it's feeling better obviously I still have bad days but even if I see some tablets now I just automatically feel sick so I know that I wouldn't do it again but it's just a thing to just not do it as much as you would want to do it as a person might want to do it it's just not worth it because the small amount that I took made me feel so unwell and it wasn't worth it at all because I just I just ended up feeling rubbish for a week um with no real outcome at all so it's not worth it at all unfortunately (laughs) wow um well <clears throat> i just want to admire your courage and bravery for for you know for coming out and telling that story because because it, it must it must have been hard for for you mm. to obviously you know to, to come out and tell everyone what had happened i mean mm. where were you like you want to keep it for yourself and not let anyone worry about it and just you know like brush it under the carpet or did you would you rather be like no look you know i i i need someone to talk to i need help kind of thing um i think it's been that i've always been a warrior anyway um i would always worry about like sort of in school i'd always worry about my brother um or I'd worry about family or I'd worry about friends I've always been that type of person so I think that I worry too much about one thing and then it builds up and I feel like I shouldn't ask for help because it's me being ridiculous um that everything that's going on with me is absolutely fine um there's nothing wrong so I don't need to tell anyone it was sort of that feeling that I just don't want to annoy other people by asking I know that's a stupid thing now but that's sort of how it felt like I've always felt like I'll get on with it myself um but now since I've asked for help it has been so much easier and I feel so much better I'm got counselling as well um it's not as much at the moment because obviously with everything going on um but it will be a couple of weeks um until I feel like you know I've got a handle on this absolutely fine and that's just literally the one thing also that I thought I'd just mention whilst I'm here is to say that asking for help doesn't mean you're weak at all. And I've realised that because I've had so much help in the short time afterwards that thinking you don't need to ask for help is just more silly than asking for help because it really is amazing once you've asked for it. You get so much help. And the help that we've got in this country as well is incredible. So <laughs> definitely mm-hmm. ask to be honest that's actually opened up my eyes and ears as well because um like i've you know i've been in those situations where you want to ask for help but you feel like they're like oh don't be silly you know why are you asking for help you're 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 strong you know this you're not you know you're not weak you're you're a man man up and all this stuff mm-hmm. and the other and this yeah. type of men yeah. you know, well, men and women struggle you know and it's especially the like even the the, the the stronger ones can be vulnerable at times. Yep. Definitely, yep. Yeah. You know. And um uh, so what advice could you possibly 
give uh, to anyone who's listening who, you know, has been through the same uh, like situation as you or similar situations where, you know, look, they, they need, they, they want to ask for help, but they, they can't ask for help. What advice would you give them? I would definitely, um, well, from my experience personally, after everything happened, like I'd sort of post or like every so often there'd be a post online where it would say, you know, I'm struggling or something. And I don't think at the age we are, especially on if you see it on Facebook or social media, people don't seem to take it as seriously. Obviously, if something happens, they do um, because of all the stuff, obviously, that we've seen going on online, especially with celebrities and things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think honestly the best thing which i would have rejected say six months ago is that asking for help i wouldn't say you have to ask a friend or a family member because there have been people recently that i've spoken to that i know but i'm i wouldn't personally say i'm you know close friends with them or anything like that and that's almost made me feel better because i don't have the personal connection to them so I feel like I can sort of come out with it because they're not going to sort of remember. They're not going to think, you know, I remember that person that said that to me. Um, like with the counselling as well, it's somebody you don't know um, and it feels more comfortable to tell them. Obviously, I've spoken to my family um, and close friends and they've definitely helped a lot. But I just don't think that anyone should feel ashamed for asking for it, whoever it is, whoever, even if you just get someone that, I don't know, sends you motivational quotes or something because people have done that for me since it happened and I Mm. cannot even explain how helpful that is it's just reading one quote a day or whatever and I felt like you know what this is I'm okay I don't need to feel bad that I've asked for help this is exactly what I should have done because it could have ended so much worse for me if I'd have just ignored it um but honestly honestly just ask for the help whoever it is from make sure Obviously, they are helping, not sort of telling you, you know, their experiences, because sometimes it can be difficult if someone's saying, well, in this situation, I did this, because obviously everyone's different. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that asking for help is the main point, definitely, 100%. I would always ask for help now. Okay. Uh, thank you for that one. Um, so, obviously, as this year has been quite crap. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's been a <laughs> lot of things. There's been a lot of things that have been like cancelled, like gigs, yeah. festivals, uh, carnivals, fairs, and uh, that that kind of thing. Unfortunately, um, so I want to ask you: was was there anything that you were looking forward to that you wanted to do this year before, yeah, coronavirus came along and fucked everything up? <laughs> Uh, yes, I actually do. Uh, the time I took off at the beginning of March, or at the end of March, sorry, um, I had tickets to go and see Avril Lavigne in London, in Brixton. And I remember getting the notice about it on the 23rd of, uh, 23rd of March. And I was meant to be going on the 30th. <laughs> and Lunch. it was quite upsetting. It was quite expensive to get the tickets as well. Uh, it sort of felt like a once-in-a-lifetime thing. Uh, Avril Lavigne is like my, um, what's the word? She sort of, I've always listened to her since I was a small child, and she shares my birthday. We are exactly 10 years apart, our birthdays. Nice. Um, 
I know I was shocked when I found out. But yeah, exactly the same birthday. And I was so excited and pumped to go. And then this all happened and we got the email saying it's got to be rescheduled. And now it's not until the end of February next year. So at least it's been rescheduled. <laughs> but so excited for that. I bought it about a minute the ticket after the tickets came out. I was so excited. <laughs> but um, yeah, it kind of messed that up really for me, to be honest. Nothing else really, because my birthday's in September. So hopefully we'll be out by then um and things will be sort of more back to normal i know and never will be especially after something like this um but more back to normal so we can go out and celebrate things like that um but yeah avril levine really that that was that was quite hard to take (laughs) unfortunately um well we went to well we were supposed to go see uh data remember in Cardiff as a birthday present for me. Unfortunately, oh. that was cancelled. So we got our money back in the end because uh, they couldn't reschedule. So eventually, about oh, no. um, half did manage to get the money back for it. So hopefully, they'll come back to the UK and maybe end of this year, maybe the start of next year. I mean, there's obviously like big concerts that have been rescheduled, Michael McCormick's being one of them. Uh, Ram- Ramstein. Um, Green Day, Weezer, and Fallout Boy, but I think they've replaced <laughs> one of them now because I don't think it's Fallout Boy anymore. I think it's uh, Green Day, Weezer, and someone else. I can't remember who it was. But again, um, most tickets have either been uh, refunded or they will now count towards next year's uh, rescheduling or okay, year's festivals, etc. Um, so, again, now that lockdown is slowly easing and life is kind of getting back to normal, <laughs> all except Leicester, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, anyone from Leicester listening to this, um, I, I do apologise. <laughs> um, so, you know, restrictions have been put in place, uh, like in many uh, non-essential shops, uh, pubs now be slowly reopening. Again, it's, uh, details will have to be taken before they can enter the pub. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. <laughs> but um, what, I mean, what are you personally looking forward to now that life is slowly getting back to normal any any possible f- future plans for the rest of the year de- de- depending on obviously uh like social distancing guidelines and uh possible second wave of corona fingers crossed touch wood that doesn't happen but um is there anything in um like in your life like from from now up until roughly christmas of this year that you have planned um goodness me I can't really think um well I guess getting towards the end of my apprenticeship um obviously it's gonna be a little bit longer uh, a month or so later um finish which um isn't great unfortunately um but coming towards the end of the apprenticeship so I'll be doing all my um exams and things like that at the end of it so that'll be that'll be a nice feeling once I've done it um Again, my 26th birthday is the end of September, so I'm looking forward to that. Hopefully, we'll be able to get out for that. And there's one thing, thankfully, um, is a house viewing, uh, we hope, 
um I'm hoping to get in and have a little look because obviously I know they're showing sort of people around houses now but there's been one that I've seen that I really really like and I want to move into um house so fingers crossed uh that's what I'll be doing and that'll be the biggest part of this year fingers crossed I can move in sort of around Christmas January time so we we can hope <laughs> we can hope for the best if uh corona doesn't get us again <clears throat> awesome awesome um so i'm gonna slowly wrap this up if that's okay mm-hmm. yeah okay. um again i want to thank you for coming on and telling me about your uh personal lockdown again if you have been affected by anything that we that we have talked about today please please don't be afraid to 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 talk to anyone uh, you know who who is close to you. There there is also some uh, mental health charities as well. Uh, Mind being one of them. Uh, you know, just just please don't be afraid to to speak out and ask for help. Um, so I've been Steve Baker. Um, Chelsea has been my fabulous guest today. Thank you. That's all right. That's been episode four of Lockdown Confessionals, and uh, we will see you soon. Thank you, and goodbye. Bye.